Welcome to From Fear to Fire, secrets to overcome fear, embrace your gifts, and achieve success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am your host, Heather Hansen O'Neill, and I'm thrilled to be back with you again today. My quote of the day is by C.S. Lewis. You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. We have a fantastic guest for you today. It is Anne Papayotti, and Anne is amazing. She has endured some of life's most brutal blows, the loss of an infant child, an abusive husband, family suicide, being bitten by a poisonous snake that resulted in months of chronic illness and so much more. And despite them all, Anne found the gift hidden within each of these experiences, the gift of choice in how to respond to the challenge. In her new book, The Gift of Shift, Discover the Key Within to Unlock Your Best Life, Anne uses many of these experiences to show how one can open that gift lovingly. And you know this is right in alignment with what I love to speak about. Anne is an international life leadership and relationship coach. She is dedicated to waking people up to living their best life by helping them untangle from their past, align with their values, and connect to their higher purpose. You'll get more information about Anne from her show notes bio, but let's bring her on now. Let's not wait another moment. Anne, how are you today? I'm doing great, Heather. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation. Like you had mentioned in the beginning, before we hit record, we are definitely in alignment. We have so much that we can chat about here. I don't know how we're going to keep it to 30 minutes, but, but let's start with this amazing title of your book, The Gift of Shift. How did you come up with that? Thank you for asking, Heather. And yes, I've been so excited to have a conversation with you because of our alignment. I love that word. The Gift of Shift was actually the title to a workshop that my co-author Tracy McDonald and I had created. And we had met at a, at a coach training uh, event and knew that we were just meant to work together and had begun collaborating on content. And, and this title came up just in a just chatting on the phone one day that because we're both so, I think, amazed by the power of mindset. Mm -hmm. And we were just talking about, you know, what it means to shift. And it was around the holidays. And I said, well, there's a, the gift of shift. You know, that's what I want this holiday season. And that's really how the title came for the workshop. And then when I finally convinced her that we needed to uh, co-author a book, uh, the title was just was just there. perfect. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. So she went in kicking and screaming, huh? <laughs> she did. She is not a, she, she's a self-proclaimed uh, non-writer. She is a vlogger. So she's more into the video type, but it, what a great experience we both had together. I knew I'd wanted to write a book since I was 17, but I thought it would be a, you know, one of these intriguing novels, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. but the life path took me down, yeah, you know, a different, through a different journey and mm -hmm. it ends up being a self-help book but i do give tracy credit had uh, she not agreed i may still not have a book out there but i i'm very grateful that we did collaborate again and create this despite her kicking and screaming <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I know it's it's new out there and, and we're very excited to get the word out there. Were there any challenges in writing the book? Absolutely. I've I've led support groups and, and taught personal development for decades. And so I've shared my personal stories often in those settings, but there was something more vulnerable, I believe, about putting them in writing. And then, of course, for Tracy not being a writer, for her to open up emotionally and share enough to bring the reader in and let, let them have that experience with her uh, was even more so. But that that was the difficult part. And then different chapters brought their own you know, challenges mm -hmm. as well. So you, you've experienced um, a lot of grief, a lot of loss, a lot of challenge in your life. And so these stories you had to dive deeper into for the book, right? That's right. And I had to, to look back and there were some stories that haven't thought about or shared in a long time, but I recognized to take the reader through a journey, I needed to go back and share those stories because I, it, what's unique about uh, The Gift of Shift as a self-help book is that it's actually a collection of personal stories, six mm -hmm. from Tracy, six from me, each is followed by you know some five coaching questions. And our idea, Heather, was that while someone's story would be different, the theme of the story is common to life. So yeah. we have everything from betrayal to courage to grief to, to clinging to hope to, to quieting your inner critic to being your own best friend. So all of these common themes we shared through our personal stories, mm -hmm. sort of how we went through something and had, had rested in a powerless negative you know, state of of thinking and, and then feeling and therefore being and then shifted into without changing the circumstances into a more powerful, you know, expansive state. Of well, I, I would love to hear a little bit more. I, I mean, I love the themes. Um, unfortunately, several of my clients that I've worked with this week have brought up uh, betrayal. So I want to start with that one. Do you have any um, specific ideas for what people can do if they need to shift their perspective when it comes to the pain of betrayal? Absolutely. And uh, a lot of my work is with people going through uh, divorce. So I, mm -hmm. I still deal with a lot of people who have experienced betrayal. And what I can tell you is it is one of the most painful human emotional experiences. And we need to validate that. So I would, I would have your, your clients and, and listeners, you know, acknowledge the pain in the heart of betrayal because what betrayal does is it turns everything upside down that we thought we knew to be true. And it shakes it up and it creates sort of a fault line in our foundation. Mm -hmm. Even when we are able to move forward, we're like, how do we trust again? And, and all of these things, but those, but what you're asking for, what are the, the tips? My lesson learned from betrayal was that whatever someone else says or does is about them mm. and not about you. Yeah. And when we can, when we can finally, you know, go through the grieving process of the loss, because there's an implied loss with betrayal. Once we've grieved it, we have to kind of sit down and get real with ourselves and recognize it's not about us. And, for me, I kept that wound open because I kept trying to say, what's wrong with me? 
Yeah. Was I not a good enough friend? What did I do that led to uh, her choices and his choices and their choices? But what I had to to, to learn, and, and it took a while, was that whatever someone says or does is about them and not you. So depersonalizing betrayal, not making it about you, has nothing to do with your worth or 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 how you should or could be loved. You know, I think that is really important to emphasize for everyone. I, I loved your term. It creates a fault line in our foundation because I think that's a powerful visual for people. And it really does. It, it rocks the trust. Um, but what you're saying in this ability, this, this tool, this shift in having people come back to the recognition that whatever someone else is doing is about them, not you. It enables you to find your own foundation, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It allows you to uh, stop being victimized by their choices mm -hmm. and or in conflict with their choices. And it allows you to stand in your truth. And while that there may be a crack, you know, in that foundation, learning how to trust again. But the other lesson I learned from betrayal, it wasn't about learning how to trust other people again. Heather, it was about learning how to trust myself mm -hmm. and trusting myself in my choices and the people I allowed around me. So it, I included this story. This is one of the stories I was saying, I wasn't sure whether to include or not, but I'm so glad I did because it's been brought up by a lot of, of readers and Tracy and I have a private Facebook group for readers and we have chapter discussions each month. And this is something everybody deals with whether it's, you know, in with a romantic partner, a, a friend, a, a coworker, a family member, there's everyone's experienced betrayal on some level. And yeah. when that crack is there, figuring it out next, but rather than focusing on other people and how do I trust them and what are the steps to recognizing the, it's really about trusting yourself is the, what I found is the newest lesson from all of that. And that you can take away after betrayal is to learn how to trust yourself again. And that's a repair time and, yeah. and be patient with yourself while you repair that self-confidence in, in your decision-making and what you allow in your life. But there are, of course, you know, as coaches, we know there are things to, to do to help them with that. But right. um, certainly that's, that's the, that's, that's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> that is huge. And it's something that I think a lot of people do struggle with throughout their lives. And so I, I'm glad we started there. You, you also have a very poignant story about grief. You lost a child and I'm not really sure. How do you shift from, you know, a, a higher energetic perspective after such a significant loss? Yeah, that is, uh, I, sadly, a, a again, such a, a painful experience. And, and I know it took me to the very depths of grief. And I, I re-examined everything about life when I was in this grief cycle. And I describe it in, in the chapter, of, and I, it's called The Gift of Charlie Brown in the book, because you know how Charlie Brown eventually finds the true meaning of Christmas in spite of that little, you know, tiny dilapidated tree <laughs> mm -hmm. and and i found a lot of correlations to that you know i expected this you know the gerber baby that's my first child is something i've dreamed about since i was a little girl with my baby dolls and here was my child born prematurely and he was like that 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 small little 
Christmas tree and I needed to find meaning in motherhood and I needed to find meaning for his short life. And it took having the ability to look up and away from my grief and to see opportunities to create meaning. And then I had to choose to grab hold of them. And in this particular story, six months after his passing and I was going through the normal healthy grieving cycle, some of it got pretty uh, bitter and personal at some points, but it's healthy to grieve. And I want everyone to hear that also. Mm-hmm. But, but there was uh, an opportunity, one of the neonatologists who cared for my son asked if I would come and speak to a group of resident interns about my experience. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, I don't know, you know, I, it's not something I really want to, why would I want to speak about my experience? I lost my child. These are doctors that are going to be caring for, for children like mine. But I realized that it was an opportunity to share his story because we know the power of story and they could carry that with them throughout their careers. And when they got to a point like the surgeon who unfortunately uh, was the one to tell me my son wasn't going to make it, who was an excellent surgeon, but terrible um, bedside manner. (laughs) And, and it was a created more pain for me in the loss. And so when I could use my son's story of that, to give them an example, to carry forward, to remember, no matter what, to use compassion in their tone of voice um, as they're dealing with parents of, of ill and, and dying children. And so that just, it, it just like the, the sun came out of the rainstorm in that moment after I delivered my speech and I felt his life having meaning and I knew that they would carry his story. And it just, it really changed everything, but it took me looking up from my pain long enough to see the opportunity and then being willing and choosing yes. to take it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many, so many elements of what you're talking about. The, the looking up um, from your grief to, to seek out the opportunities being given one and recognizing the power and helping for you to find meaning, but also for it to be bigger than you, for you to mm-hmm. share that meaning with others who can then pass along the story, I think is incredibly powerful. Yes, absolutely. And for myself, you know, at that level, it was, you know, he changed me. He's opened me to, to really reevaluate my life. And I was in an abusive marriage at the time. Mm-hmm. And then I also thought he'd changed his dad. So I thought that there was, um, I noticed a change in our, in the dynamic and, and the way that I was treated. Unfortunately, he was an abusive narcissist, but there was this period of peace and respite after my son passed. And I thought, well, if that's all his life meant was to change his father and this dynamic, then what great meaning there, but that wasn't still, you know, fully pulling me up and out. It's when I connected to something greater than myself and my husband and, and that I did find out as you're saying. And unfortunately it did not change my husband permanently in mm-hmm. the ways that I thought. So that had been a bit of an illusion. So I'm very grateful that I had looked higher. That you have, could you repeat that? That I had looked higher, you know, beyond what it, what his life meant for yeah. me and or my husband, because when that ended up being an illusion or a temporary 
I think that I would have gone through yet another grief cycle about his life not having meaning. Yeah. But the fact that I had looked for, you know, a higher connection and, and connecting to something greater than, than myself, that really gave me that permanent feeling. Yeah. The purpose. I love that. I, and I, I think that is amazing. And it, it leads to all of the other choices that you've made since then to get the message out there and share it in, in a bigger way in the book and, and in your speaking. I have a question about the gift of Jomo, not FOMO, but Jomo. Can you, can you yes. yeah, share a little bit about that for our listeners? Uh, absolutely. So you know, FOMO, that fear of missing out acronym that so many of us had, had heard. And JOMO was a little bit newer on the scene. And JOMO is the acronym for joy of missing out. Yes. And this was the most difficult chapter for me to write, going back to what was difficult about the book. And it's because we had started our book in January of 2020, pre-pandemic. Mm -hmm. But by the time that I was actually... Uh, writing this story for the book, the pan we were in full swing. And I recognized that we were all in this dance mm -hmm. of FOMO JOMO mindset. Everyone I spoke to, clients, neighbors, you know, my family members, FOMO JOMO, yay, we get to stay home, joy <laughs> to, to FOMO. I have to stay home. I can't go where I can't do what. Mm -hmm. And it was this dance that was back and forth. And I think we saw as a greater collective people who chose the Jomo mindset. They chose the, you know, they learned to bake bread or to garden, or to sew. They, they learned things and they took an opportunity to connect deeper mm -hmm. with those in their realm. And others were, you know, resistant and fighting and, and, and stuck in, you know, I say some of us, you know, sank into the abyss of our sofas with Netflix binging mm -hmm. and then overeating and mindless choices that proved destructive in other ways later that had to be, you know, reevaluated and, and undone for at least a, a lot of my clients and could have been me, but I, I, I chose joy in that situation. But I was experiencing it while I was writing it, which made it difficult. But I knew I'd had those previously, like giving up my career to allow my husband to advance his, uh, relocating out of the country, starting over with friends, starting over with social connections. Rec Here's a sec, I'm talking, this is a, my second marriage, right? Mm -hmm. So now all my fears from the past flood back in. Mm -hmm. Well, what if this marriage doesn't work out? Well you know, this is your financial security. You've been with this, you've been with a fortune 500 company for 17 years and you're going to give it up and, and go. So I had the, the, the FOMO JOMO dance happening in my life in a, for some critical decision-making, uh, but I chose joy in the end. And I, and I, I see it as love over fear. Mm -hmm. And I see it as, and that's that whole trusting myself, like, you know, this started this betrayal that happened in my 20s, you know, by now I'm in my 40s. I knew that I would be okay, no matter what. I trusted myself. So that was that crack in my foundation, so to speak, had fully repaired at this point, which made it easier, though the dance happened in my head, it made it easier for me to choose to dance with Jomo. I love it. And you know, you 
you used a, a phrase that I adore and that I've been known to use as well, where I don't believe that the opposite of fear is courage. I believe that the opposite of fear is love. And when mm. you have love, fear is, is uh, not, not possible. So you use that. And I think I'm like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. So the love leads to the joy and vice versa. Was there one specific greatest joy, Jomo moment during all of this? For the, for the book, writing the book, is that yeah. what you're asking about? Oh my goodness. I loved when the cover came out, I'll just say, it. I just love the cover and Tracy and I had worked really hard. We'd had one vision of it just looking like a gift box, but we really wanted people to, to recognize that, that mindset, that there's a gift in choosing. And we, when we wrote in the introduction and we kind of took people through almost a guided visualization of you know, pulling the satin ribbons and opening the gift, but then you still have to choose to, to reach in. And yeah. the gift is, is within us. But I was so excited when the cover came, you know, out, you know, that's what you're waiting on while you're going through all the editing processes. And I was like, okay, let's get to the designing part. Where's the pre? And it just really fit exactly what we were hoping to, um, to, to show. We want it to be something people want to pick up and want to use and it is. It's so much fun. I just released um, one of our, our newest books is Where's the Office? And, you know, when you're in the the details and the writing and, the, you know, it's, it, it can be at times a little bit heavy and especially yeah. with, with what you were writing about in particular. Uh, so the lightness, the ability to, to find those moments where you're like, ah, look at the graphics, look at what we can do here. And oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. It, it does. You, you have to allow for that. The celebration of those mm -hmm. joyful moments. That's fantastic. That's right. That's right. So your subtitle for The Gift of Shift is Discover the Key Within to Unlock Your Best Life. Now, does that mean that the answers are available and lie right within us? Absolutely. Now, awesome. we block ourselves. I totally believe we block ourselves from um, the, the ability and some people need a guide. That's why, you know, there are people like you and me in the world to to kind of be the flashlight down into the, the dark hole so they can see a, a way out. But, but absolutely, it's within us and it's up to us. I'll add that, Heather. It's mm -hmm. in us and it's up to us. And it's our greatest power is choice and choosing. I know you, you have a, a show about choices. Yeah. It is our greatest human power. And when we feel like there are no options when we are down in sort of that dark holding um, at the effect of life, you know, either victimized by it or, or being in conflict with everything. We don't see options. Therefore, we don't make choices to make changes. So mm -hmm. that's when I said I had to look up because when I was looking down, I didn't see anything but pain. Yeah. I didn't see anything but loss. And every time we lose something, Heather, I, I believe you'd agree. We gain something else, but we have to choose to see it and look for that. And uh, so, yeah, it's within us, but it's up to us also to, to find that way. And if we're stuck in the dark hole and we can't make shift happen on our own, then that's why there are, are, are people ahead of us on the journeys yeah. who have walked that path that can turn around and just be a guiding light. And what you said is very important is that it is within us, but it's up to us. Mm -hmm. So to know 
when we need to ask for help, right? Yes, absolutely. Really, really empowering. Um, you know, I am certain that there are listeners right now saying, okay, Heather, are you going to let her tell us how we can get the book, how we can reach out to her? So I think now's the perfect time. Uh, Can you share how people can reach you? um, Anything else that you want them to know about? Absolutely. So um, reach out to me on my website, skyviewcoaching.com. I'm on social media, Facebook, there's a Skyview coaching page. I'm on Instagram under my name and Papayoti. Get the spelling from the show notes. (laughs) I'll put Uh, everything in there. Don't worry. (laughs) Absolutely. And feel free to email me at hello at skyviewcoaching.com. I'd love to hear from you. And the book is available on Amazon and through all major online booksellers like Barnes and Noble, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You can also walk into your local bookstore and ask them to order it from their Ingram Sparks catalog if you prefer. And we'd love for anybody who does choose to, to get this book and use it. Recognize it is not just a book. It is a guided journal as well. So you're going to, there's some work to do, but it, the goal is to help you remember a time that you were successful through one of these things that, that, that I spoke about earlier and recognize what it was about you that got you through that. So you can tap into that now for something that may be popping up in your life or recognize by doing the self-reflection sections where you may still be stuck in a story from your past and let those help you create that momentum that starts that shift that allows you to start choosing another perspective and therefore um, experiencing life differently. Great. That's wonderful. You know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer if, if we want to get something out of the great content in a book, we do have to do some of the work. We do have to figure out what does this mean to me? How can this show me the way forward? Uh, So I love that you have those opportunities and to coach right within the book. That's fantastic. And as we we come to a close here, Anne, what are your final parting words of wisdom? What do you really want to make sure our listeners walk away with? You know, when we get stopped in our tracks by some kind of adversity, and we're willing to look within, we can strip our values down to the core and really reconnect to to who we are. And I would say, notice what has a grip on your heart. Mm. You really get quiet and still and notice what has a grip on your heart and you'll start paying attention to the the stories that are still carrying from the past and, and creating, you know, conflicts and, and obstacles for you now. But it also may be something gripping your heart that you've yet to do a story that's yet unwritten and what's holding you back so that you can sit down and get real with that but really reconnecting stripping down to the core getting back is that is that crack still in your foundation from a betrayal from years ago what do you need to do to help yourself heal Mm -hmm. untangle from the past so that you can move forward and into your best life Mm, wonderful words. 
And for all of you out there who are listening and absolutely loving the wisdom that Anne is bringing, make sure to share this with a friend, someone else that you think might be going through something that may be in need of the gift of shift. That's what we're all about here is sharing the message out there. And always, you know, we love to hear from you as well. Subscribe, leave us a review. And thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate spending this time talking with you. Thank you, Heather. Likewise, I look forward to seeing you next time.